It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Trump blowback over the president's declaration of victory. Frankly, we did win this He's already planted the seed that this election has been stolen from him. An extremely flammable situation, and the president just threw a match into it. It was ridiculous. Then, the United States of stress. You breathe in, you hold, you breathe out, you exhale. Eating their way out of high anxiety and a nation on edge. The line of sanitation trucks protecting Trump Tower. Plus, how the pollsters blew it again. The polling was wrong. Once again, we were told that it was going to be a Biden landslide. I think many Trump voters feel legitimately shamed. And Omarosa, she loathes Trump. What she's saying today. And the battle against the pandemic. How the election results may change everything. Under a Biden presidency, I do think there is going to be a push to have a national mask mandate and exclusive the two women swallowed whole by a whale what they're telling only inside edition i just put my arm out like you know that like i'm gonna push a whale away now inside edition with deborah norville Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The historic 2020 election continues to make history because it's not over yet. The race for the White House is still too close to call, so the confusion continues over who will take the presidential oath of office come January. Stephen Fabian begins our coverage. The nation is on pins and needles today. This election is too close to call. No decision 2020. The presidential race still up for grabs. The front pages, it's a nail biter and America on a knife edge. It's now down to a handful of battleground states. Last night, they were leaning towards Trump. But as the counting continues today, they're swinging back to Biden. If the states where Joe Biden is leading in right now all go blue, he will win. Biden and wife Jill emerged at 12.40 a.m. at the Chase Center in Wilmington, Delaware, as loyalists honked their car horns. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. And it ain't over till every vote is counted, every ballot is counted. But President Trump is already setting the stage for a battle royale, crying fraud. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. It was 2.20 a.m. with most of the East Coast asleep when he appeared in the East Room of the White House. His family filed in with big grins and the 250 invited movers and shakers were jubilant. 
We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. The reaction was swift. President Trump falsely and prematurely declaring victory, saying that he won. He did not win. He has not won. He is calling the game at the end of the first quarter. This is straight up autocratic malarkey. Even some Republicans are saying he went too far. It was ridiculous. And he should not have done that. The idea of saying that using the word fraud, that there's fraud being committed by people counting votes, I think is is wrong. The president is doubling down, tweeting last night. I was leading. Then one by one, they started to magically disappear as surprise ballot dumps were counted. Very strange. Twitter flagged some of his tweets as misleading. Here we go. The strategy from the president right now is crystal clear. He is going to be spreading uh, conspiracy theories and falsehoods uh, likely for the days to come. New York attorney Jim Zirin, author of Plaintiff in Chief, says expect a brutal, drawn-out legal battle. Uh, He did not want to stand in the east wing of the White House last night and say there was any possibility that he could be a loser. Uh, So psychologically, he thought it was very important to declare victory. Uh, And um, that's the way he's always operated. Today, election officials in the state still counting are vowing to carry on until the last ballot is counted. I will vigorously defend against any attempt to attack that vote in Pennsylvania. In every Pennsylvania, every Pennsylvanian can have confidence in the outcome of this election. Pizza and potato chips. That was my dinner last night, and I'm blaming it on tension over the election. And if you drank too much or bit your nails to the quick, Les Trent reports you are part of a very big club. Call it the United States of Stress. What's going on? It's the United States the of is, Stress. Every Democrat, just, every Democrat just put put the razor blades and the Ambien back in the medicine cabinet. We're going to be fine. As the election got tighter, network anchors reflected the anxiety being felt across America on both sides. Robert Gibbs is back with us, wondering how much closer he is to the liquor cabinet. MSNBC's Joy Reid and Nicole Wallace wondered whether meditation might help. Push your belly out when you breathe in and then let it out when you come out. So relaxing. No matter who you talk to, black, white, young, old, people said, I feel stressed. CBS This Morning's Gail King and Evening News anchor Nora O'Donnell tried to analyze where America's collective head was at. I do not have a psychology degree, but what they say when I do. feelings... <laughs> yeah, you do, that's right. I actually and Gail always said that if she wasn't a journalist, she would be a psychologist. Rapper Cardi B sure looked calm, then revealed the stress was making her smoke like a chimney. Actress Sharon Stone says she was driven to tears watching TV last night. And crying, and that's it, just watching them and crying. <laughs> CNN's John King is a self-admitted political nerd, but did he really think this was fun? It's a fun one to watch as we go through the night. Stephen Colbert hosted an election special on Showtime and opened with language he'd never use on his CBS show. I'm happy to be on Showtime because holy this is a weird election. Trevor Noah got heat after he tweeted the Death Star from Star Wars obliterating Florida after going for Trump. To talk about stress relieves it. To hide it makes it bigger. So people are finding a way to relieve the stress by actually talking about it, by discussing it, by talking about their fears. The election is even dividing families. Lady Gaga drew the president's ire after campaigning for Joe Biden. I can tell you stories about Lady Gaga. I know a lot of stories about 
Lady Gaga. Even with that trashing of his daughter, her father revealed he was still supporting Trump, tweeting, You may have noticed my political and spiritual beliefs are different. Watching the returns kept some people busy in the kitchen. Exhibit A, Chrissy Teigen. Stress cooking, everything's fine. Ryan Seacrest says he ate four small pizzas. Supermodel Bella Hadid showed all the food she was cooking yesterday. By nightfall, all that was left was an empty bowl. And the two top searches on Google, fries near me and liquor store near me. Oh, who knew you could find that? Uh, while the country is incredibly divided, there does seem to be agreement on one thing. Two-thirds of Americans say they really wish 2020 were over. You know, we've told you about how businesses were boarding up around the country out of fear of civil unrest. Overall, things did stay pretty calm. But there were some moments when there was unrest on the streets. As the president and 250 invited guests were watching the election returns, protesters came to blows. One man was set upon. He was kicked and punched and hit with a bat. Skirmishes broke out with police. Eight arrests were made. Two members of the far right Proud Boys and this woman say they were jumped and stabbed. Hey! Video shows one person lunging with a knife. They stabbed me. Fortunately, fears of nationwide violence breaking out failed to materialize as election night ended without a winner being declared. The National Guard has been called up in 16 states. Thousands of businesses from coast to coast remain boarded up as a precaution. At Trump Tower in New York City, the usual heavy security has been beefed up. Sanitation trucks filled with sand were strategically placed in front of the building here on Fifth Avenue to ward off any potential terrorist attack. So far, the streets of New York have been quiet. Episodes of destruction did take place in Portland, where hundreds marched peacefully before a splinter group peeled off and set fires to block traffic. One protester set fire to an American flag. We have a duty to fight. Now, if you make your living as a pollster, you might want to consider a new line of work. Once again, they got it wrong. As Amber Cagliano reports, one reason just might be that people don't like to talk to pollsters, especially folks who are Trump supporters. How did the polls get it so wrong again? Most gave Joe Biden a solid, even commanding lead heading into Election Day. As The New York Times reported, no matter the polling method, Biden is ahead. The polling was wrong. It was wrong again, even worse than it was in 2016. Polling was awful. The polling does seem to have been missed. There's no question about that. The Susquehanna poll was one of the few to give President Trump an edge. CEO Jim Lee says some Trump voters are shy about admitting they support the president. Well, heck, I think many Trump voters feel legitimately shamed for supporting a guy that they believe in but he's been called everything from a racist to a misogynist by the media. There were warning signs the polls were understating the president's popularity, including all those extraordinary rallies in the midst of a pandemic. Patrick Murray is director of the Monmouth University poll, which predicted Biden victories in Florida by five points and Pennsylvania by seven. Of course, it didn't turn out that way. President Trump got a major win in Florida. 
Pennsylvania is just too close to call. It just seems to be that, uh, as with anything that involves uh, Donald Trump, he's a phenomenon unto himself. Now there's a backlash. Savannah Guthrie took two NBC pollsters to task on the Today Show. Well, this has been humbling for pollsters, and a lot of folks are waking up and saying, why were these seeming to be so off? Well, I can understand people's frustration. America's top pollster, Nate Silver, gave Biden a 90 percent shot at winning when he appeared on The View um, Monday. Then maybe you could have Biden win by a bigger margin than polls show. Today, he is being hauled over the coals on social media. How the hell does Nate Silver have a job? Goes this tweet. Meghan McCain posted, at what point is our collective media going to accept just how out of touch with the majority of the country they are? The industry really needs to do some soul searching. And though the Electoral College votes do remain up for grabs, it appears that Joe Biden has won the popular vote, as Hillary Clinton did in 2016. The former vice president has received more than 70 million votes. President Trump has roughly three million less. And a big win for Madison Cawthorn, who was partially paralyzed in a car accident. You may recall this dramatic moment from the Republican National Convention. He stood from his wheelchair. Well, now at the age of 25, he has won the House race in North Carolina, which makes him in January the youngest member of Congress. And it does appear that Republicans will retain a narrow majority in the Senate after winning a number of races. A couple are still too close to call right now. And as confusion over the presidential race continues, so do deaths from COVID-19. The death toll in the United States today at more than 232,000. And top experts are warning we may be entering a critically dangerous phase for viral spread. One doctor told us how the outcome of the election may actually impact the pandemic. The election is in limbo, and so is the future of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're rounding the corner, and you got to open your states. Every governor should mandate mandatory mask wearing. The candidates offer two very different visions of how to deal with the virus. Infectious disease expert Dr. Ashish Jha says life post-election will depend on who wins. If Trump wins re-election, what will we see concerning his policy with COVID-19 going forward? So over the last couple of months, I think President Trump has made very clear that he does not want to try to control the virus, certainly not from the White House. We're going to see no real change in policy, and the federal government will continue to take a hands-off approach. If Joe Biden wins, what changes, if any, do you think we'll see? So under a Biden presidency, I think you're going to see a very different role for the federal government. You're going to see a lot more investments in testing. Uh, the Vice President Biden has already laid out that he's going to push for a national mask mandate. On Election Day, the USA hit another grim milestone. More than 91,000 new COVID-19 cases reported, the second highest since the pandemic began. Dr. Jha says the next few months are crucial, no matter who sits in the Oval Office. The bottom line is is that President Trump will remain in office uh, through January 20th. And that means the pandemic uh, and the course of the uh, pandemic is really going to be affected by what happens at the state level and not so much by the federal government. The results could also affect the fate of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. I got a better idea. Elect me and I'm going to hire Dr. Fauci. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Next, exclusive, the two women swallowed whole by a whale. 
what they're telling only Inside Edition. I just put my arm out like, you know, that. Like I'm gonna push a whale away. And Amarosa, she loathes Trump. What she's saying today. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. If you saw this come across your social media feed, you probably thought that is fake, but it really happened. A humpback whale did indeed very nearly turn these kayakers into a real life Jonah and the whale story. Now they're speaking with our Emma Cagliano. Heart stopping drama for two women in the yellow kayak. <laughs> a whale surfaces and appears to swallow them whole. Here's the crazy moment from another angle. It looks like a scene from Moby Dick. The beast seems to chomp down on the kayak and the unfortunate women in it. A camera on the kayak caught the horrifying moment. The astonishing drama happened in the waters off the coast of San Luis Obispo, California. So what happened to the women? We're happy to report Julie McSorley and Liz Cottrell are A-OK after their scary encounter. I thought I was dead. Liz told me she had an instinctive reaction when the whale surfaced. Self-defense, I just put my arm out like, you know, that. Like I'm going to push a whale away. Like that would work. No, like that's really going to work, right? But yeah, I, all I remember seeing looking back now after the fact was the inside of his mouth was white. The women say they were thrown out of the kayak. The whale was absolutely huge. I just felt the kayak lift and then all of a sudden we just were dumped out into the water. I think the worst part was coming up, trying to figure out where I was and if I was going to come up. <laughs> Liz says she won't be going out in a kayak anytime soon. You're scared of the ocean? What's in it, yes. <laughs> no. Can't say we blame her. For the record, humpback whales feed on krill and tiny fish, not humans. When we come back, fired White House staffer Omarosa weighs in on the election. She's one of the former Trump administration members who left on bad terms. Now Omarosa is weighing in on the election. Omarosa got it wrong. The former star of The Apprentice and fired White House staffer gave Inside Edition this map of her election predictions. She boldly predicted that President Trump would lose the key battleground state of Florida. He won it. Trump took Florida. What happened? I was just hopeful that the people of the Sunshine State would realize how insane this country, the direction it's going, and the lack of leadership was going, particularly in Florida, where the coronavirus is kind of raging. Omarosa is one of many former Trump administration officials who've turned against him, including John Bolton, Chief of Staff John Kelly, and Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. Why is it that so many former White House staffers are now coming out against President Trump? He brings people into his orbit. He's extremely abusive in terms of, you know, telling you one thing and you go out on and do messaging or do a speech or tour or interview. And while you're in the middle of that interview, Donald Trump is tweeting something else. And as a result, it makes you look like the one who is unstable as opposed to him. That wears on people. She also worries about possible violence after a winner is declared. I worry that if Donald Trump loses, that he will take the opportunity to take that, that dog whistle that he utilizes and turns it into a bullhorn, that he'll call on those groups that are on the fringe to raise arms and start to 
cause chaos. She had this warning about what the president could do next. Donald Trump will use whatever mechanisms at his power to challenge this thing in court, utilizing his army of lawyers so that he does not have to pack up and leave the White House. When we come back, taking to the sky to cast a vote. Finally today, flying high. Talk about an interesting way of casting your ballot. This guy used a powered paraglider to fly to his polling station in Pittsfield, Wisconsin. After the two-mile scenic trip, he comes in for a landing. Now I can get up there and get my vote cast. (laughs) Inside town hall, he gets his temperature checked. Then casts his vote. Got my vote, and now I'm going to go fly back up. Flying the friendly skies to do your civic duty. Indeed he is. And that is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.